Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today, I have uh, on the show, coming from the big island of Hawaii, Ms. Victoria Peterson. Victoria, say hello. Hello, Patrick. Hey, we're so glad to have you here. Um, your website, real quickly, let me get it out there for our listeners. It's uh, ProductiveDentist.com. Um, and I want you to um, kind of give us your background. I know you're the CD- CEO at um, ProductiveDentist.com, but kind of tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into dentistry. Absolutely. Everything we do at PDA is very clinical centric. And I would say that is because I started out as a dental hygienist and I have a degree in in finance and marketing. So when I started my consulting career in 1996, I was actually on the East Coast of the United States. I was in Atlanta and worked with the Tony Robbins organization, helping dental practices grow really on the peak performance side of life and developed a program called Hygiene Mastery for the company I was with. That's where I met Dr. Bruce Baird, and he was really talking about productivity. And I had uh, retired out of consulting completely moved to the Pacific Northwest. Many people know me as Vicki McManus. That was my maiden name back okay. then. And we formed the Productive Dentist Academy in 05 for one specific purpose. What we saw were a lot of dentists who were clinically astute, but were stuck in their revenues. And the profits were just over, they weren't there. You know, overhead was overwhelming them. And they had a hard time building the business side of the practice. Sure. So we've we've heard that term, um, you know, more money, more problems. But in reality, there's actually a lot of more problems, less money that happens. <laughs> right. Um, so tell us, you know, your experience is tremendous. You, you've, you've worked in practices, background in marketing and finance. Um, obviously, just a, a, a lot of knowledge and, and wisdom there. So tell us, what are you hearing right now? What are some problems that, and challenges that practices and dentists are facing? Well, if I if I take a balance out 2020 and the pandemic and what's happening there, I think dentistry as a whole did an amazing job as an industry of figuring out how to shut down, how to reformat and redefine emergency care to keep cash flow going and to reopen. So most of our clients, cash flow is not the problem. They actually had a really terrific 2020. And doctors who didn't, it was because they just didn't have a strategy behind it. What I'm hearing today, though, is how do I shore up the assets of my practice so that I'm not just a highly paid employee? I realize when I shut down that I'm not a business owner. I'm a really high paid employee and I come and go. And so we really have developed a lot of programming around creating what I call an investment grade practice. And I hear that in so many different ways of how do I really turn what I love into a true asset? Sure. Now, I think what you're getting at, and um, and I'm sure our audience does too, is just being able to really work on their business, right? Being able to step yes. out and still have a profitable asset, regardless of where they're at age-wise, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so I, I do know it's a problem. I, I 
you know, like you, I work with Dennis and I, I do talk to Dennis that are in their early sixties and they're just not ready to retire financially. They're not there yet. Um, they haven't created that type of an asset. They may want to physically sell their practice, mm-hmm. but it's not play, at a place that cash flows or makes sense um, to sell. Like they can't replace the actual cash flow. So tell us what are some steps? Um, what are three or four steps that a dentist can take today um, to get on track and actually make that business a business and not a job? You know, that's a great question. I actually uh, created a group of five dental practices in the Northwest in Wisconsin. So I was that owner, not operator dentist. And so I learned a lot. One of the things I learned is that, and this is step number one, is that it's not enough to have a cohesive team. You know, everybody's like, oh, I've got a great team. We're like family. (laughs) We love each other. And I love that, right? I have a doctorate in spirituality. I love it when people love each other. But what I love more about the business, though, is when you have predictable systems. One of the practices that I bought had 11 doctors in 11 years. When I, they, they did a great job of not telling me that when I bought it. <laughs> I then yeah. put two more doctors in there and then I sold the practice and another doctor came in there. So this practice has had 14 doctors in 13 years. And wow. guess what, Patrick? It did $1.3 million with a 20% EBITDA, no matter what you did to that practice. And it's because it didn't focus around the doctor. Now, the doctor had to be of certain caliber. They had to to treat people a certain way, but it was the systems and the commitment of the team. So it really is about engagement towards the vision, engagement towards the mission. I would say that's that's one of the first keys into building an asset is going beyond the personality of the people and really engaging them towards something. So setting that vision, step number one was step number two. Step number two is for the leader. You know, we say lead drive and attract. So I probably gave you step number one, should have come into step number two. As a leader, your role is to be clear. And leadership is really future focused. So this is where I am today. This is where I want to be tomorrow. So if you're talking in terms of sellable, and I love to get my doctors set up on a five-year plan, five years to personal freedom. So five years from now, you can either continue working in your practice Paycheck is nice, but you don't need it because you have really created the investment. Or five years from now, I can sell it and optimize it. So I work with a lot of de- dentists. Uh, you and I were talking before we came on that 55 and older that sure. are really in the race to retirement. I also work with young dentists that are in that race to revenue. So having a clear path of where you're going, if you're in that 55 plus, it's time to start thinking about your buyer persona. And so what am I, I must build my practice to the person that I want to sell it to. And there's different models. There's the, my children may come in and take it over. I may sell it to a a younger associate. I might, at a certain point, you almost have to become an institutional seller or get really creative with how you'll, you'll uh, leverage it out to multiple doctors. So that's step number two. Yeah, just to kind of jump in there a little bit. So I know, and I know you know this, that not all doctors are motivated by selling their practice for the most amount of money that they can get. Leaving that legacy is really important to many, correct? Absolutely. So part of that vision, I would assume, has to be kind of deciding, hey, are you looking for a top dollar? Are you looking for 
you know, your patience to find someone who's very similar to you and so on and so forth. So um, what's step number three? Step number three is to attract. So once you know where you're going, you know your timeline for it, give or take, you've got your buyer persona, like you say, I'm leaving a legacy, or, you know, uh, then you get your team engaged. Step number three is to attract the type of patient that really supports that business model. And I think there are two mistakes that doctors make in marketing. Number one, they they call our ad agency and they go, I need more patients, I need more patients. <laughs> and then we look at the practice and there's two and a half million dollars in unscheduled treatment and they're right. losing 30 people, you know, a month. And sure. so uh, there's this incongruency within our mindset. So when we talk about attracting our ideal patient, my question is to then do what? Because, and it ties back to your philosophy of care and it ties back to your philosophy of health and how healthy you want your patients. So if I'm attracting patients to only diagnose one tooth at a time, or to wait and watch as the disease gets worse, then why am I spending money on marketing? And I know uh, you probably have this too, Patrick. I meet dentists who say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not doing all the work today because that's my annuity. Or I have a, I have a lot of outstanding treatment because it makes my practice more valuable. That's kind of a yes and a no. So right. Lead yourself, know where you're going to go, provide clarity to the team, engage them and drive the behavioral changes that need to happen that make your business durable. And then number three, really align and attract the type of patients that are going to support your business model. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's let's kind of talk a little bit about, you know, you talked about you have a five-year plan, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have to imagine that there's a couple of, um, surefire mistakes, um, we'll call them deadly sins, if you will, that, <laughs> that almost guarantee they won't hit that in five years, right? Yes. Um, what are some of those? Uh, number one is complacency and, and forgetting about it. Uh, doctors will say, hold me accountable. That's, that's how they say it. So you get all fired up and then you go to the next conference and the next conference and the next conference. So not really having a solid philosophy of care and driving towards it and just yeah. falling for the next shiny piece of technology that comes out. Uh, sure. That's, that's a mortal sin. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Any others? Um, going with the flow. You know, I bought this practice. I didn't want to rock the boat. I, so I kept the team and I didn't want to say much to the patients. That's okay for the first few months. But then I meet doctors who have been at that go with the flow for five years and they realize they never really set the tone and controlled the flow. So a lot like a river, you got to put a bank on it and, and put your philosophy into it. So I think that's the second one. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, um, if somebody wants to... Um, get more information about your company and about mm -hmm. these that you work with in, in your team, which is quite extensive. Um, how would they go about doing that? Uh, you know, you can actually take a, a free assessment on our line at ProductiveDentist.com. And that's singular. And there's an assessment on there that will give you your IGP, your investment grade practice score. So you could see where you are in your leadership and your ability to drive change with your team and to attract your ideal patient. So you can go right on there, take our free assessment, 
set up time with Stacy. I've actually dedicated one of our consultants to work with doctors to kind of be a thinking partner in where do I need to put my focus. So that was one of our contributions back. We've been We've been around for 17 years now, Bruce and I. And so during COVID, we decided to dedicate one of our consultants as a free consultant to the industry for any doctor looking for a thinking partner, trying to sort out their priorities. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll, and we'll certainly post um, the links on our site um, on the podcast and, and share them on social media too. So I want to encourage our audience to take advantage of that offer. Um Thank you so much for coming on today, Victoria. I really appreciate it. It's Victoria Peterson, CEO of ProductiveDentist.com. Um, Victoria, before you say goodbye, I'll leave your I'll, I'll give you the chance to leave uh, our audience with uh, a few words of wisdom. Uh, what I would we'll, invite we'll, every we'll edit that it was a little bit a, a little bit too much on the spot, so we'll edit that out. Um, so let me just go ahead and give the extra again. Do you want to have a couple of more words? Yes, please. Yeah. Um, so give me just one second. Um, I want to encourage our audience to go to um, our website, um, The Dental Brief, to uh, go ahead and download um, that offer. We thank you very much for doing that, um, Victoria. I'm really thankful for you coming on. I want to leave you with the last words. Respect you so much. You know, if I could encourage every doctor listening to this to just have a bit of grace with yourself. We've been through a lot this last year and the shock raves are still rippling through. So one of my phrases that I picked up from my mentor is that success requires support. And the more support you allow to yourself to receive, the more successful you become. So gone are the days where dentists as entrepreneurs are stuck in a silo being heroes, trying to grunt it out and battle it out alone. So I just invite and encourage you to reach out, find a community that serves you well and get the support that you need. Terrific advice. Very thankful. Um, Victoria Peterson, check out the website, ProductiveDentist.com. Victoria, thanks for coming on today. Patrick, thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.